0: What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you. Uh, We're going to do something that I didn't plan on doing here on this podcast today. I thought we would continue our performance review series with running backs, but I started texting back and forth with Greg Thompson uh, of Cover One, as you guys know, the host of the Cover One Buffalo podcast, and we were kind of getting into you know, what life has been like over the last week, me being at home with the newborn and him being in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, a place that I normally am. And I thought, you know what, let's scrap the show outline. Let's get Greg on here. Let's talk Senior Bowl Buffalo Bills. And uh happened to catch Greg on his commute back from Mobile to Atlanta. And so he joins us from the car. Greg, what's up, man? Welcome.
1: Hey, appreciate it, Joe. Glad uh, fatherhood's treating you well. I'm, uh, uh, had an awesome, awesome time in Mobile. I'm not trying to desperately hold on to what's left of my voice.
0: Yeah. Greg tried to tell me that maybe he's coming down with strep throat or something like that. Uh, no, he sent me pictures at like two, three in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I, you, you're, you're not, I'm, I'm not convinced you're, you're, uh, having some, some strep throat. I think you've, uh, Maybe had had a, had a couple of adult beverages and some some good dude time that is throwing uh, the voice off today. So uh, hopefully you could power through and keep the voice going here, man. And um, let's let's start with Brandon Bean. Um, I know that he had a, a press conference there, spoke, I think, between 15 and tw- 15 and 20 minutes with uh, media on media on hand. And you had a chance to be part of that. And um, it's kind of that first opportunity after the end of year pressers, where Brandon Bean and uh, looks back at the year, but now he's in, in offseason mode and really kind of being a little bit more candid about some things that could happen in the offseason. And Greg, tell me, what's the number one takeaway that you had that can give us some clues as to what we can expect from Bean and and the front office here in the coming months?
1: Uh, I th- it's really hard sometimes because we always want to read into everything they say, we want to parse every single word. But I'd be lying if I didn't think there were some takeaways in a couple of comments about obviously being asked about receivers, being asked about pass rushers. And I thought he made some comments about the value of re-signing his pass rushers or defensive linemen and a couple comments on also gauging the market for some of the bigger double digit APY guys out there in the market versus his own. And I don't know if that was simply just acknowledging that that's the homework anyone would do or a little bit of a tell that, Hey, we're looking into that, that end of the market. It was a little bit different than the tone I took from the end of end of season presser.
0: So did you kind of get, I kind of like, I'm piecing this together and I'm thinking he really is going to go in on some wide receivers this year. Is that, I mean, is that kind of the the, the idea you're getting that it's it's going to be heavy into those players? I mean, he was asked about uh, the time that the, you know, if he was going to meet with any of the wide receivers in mobile, it really felt like there was an emphasis there.
1: Oh yeah. And, and I mean, that makes total sense because the wide receivers were by far the class of the week. And and we'll get into that a little bit more as we go here. Uh, But that's with good reason that they were able to, you know, focus on that area. And it, it only makes sense. It's going to be an area that I now am firmly in the camp of hoping we spend more than one draft pick on this rookie class because of just how much talent is out there.
0: What did you take away? I got a chance to watch the, um, the press conference, uh, while I was eating lunch on Thursday, to be honest with you, and I, I was really interested in how he was talking about um, the the roster construction as it relates to that it's a more mature roster and that you know it doesn't really seem like nine draft picks are going to make the team and how Bean was kind of honest about you know you don't you hate to pick a guy in the sixth round that you really just don't think is going to be more than a a potential practice squad guy are you thinking that bean's going to do a a lot of moving in this draft based on that, the comments he had in this press conference, whether that is moving up for players, which we've seen him do a ton in two drafts in Buffalo, or maybe mortgaging some of those draft picks into future years when the roster may be a little bit more um, available, if you will, to, to, you know, uh, Harbor so many young players.
1: Yeah. I mean, he certainly touched on both. So I think that it's impossible to ignore his history. Every single draft, he's found a mechanism to move up for the guy they're targeting. So, you know, whether they go wide receiver early and then a pass rusher starts to fall or the opposite and they go pass rusher early and a wide receiver starts to fall or whatever other position may happen, um, I could absolutely see them moving up in either the second or the third or both and utilizing though those extra fifth and sixth round picks as ammo to do that. Um, But he definitely hinted at potentially moving some of them now for future assets because they're aware they don't have nine roster spots to invite rookies to make this team. And he's not going to be wasteful.
0: And what's so interesting about that, Greg, and I'm sure you and I will probably talk about this again at some point, probably during training camp preseason is Brandon Bean was able to get draft capital by by trading players late in in preseason that he was going to cut remember we the, the Wyatt Teller trade and the Russell Bodine trade yeah. part of the reason Brandon Bean has nine draft picks right now is because he was able to get three picks for those two players in this year's draft and so the it, it, like on top of the the depth of the roster and all the fun conversations we're going to have over the summer, about you know who's gonna make the 53 and projecting the 53 and those really hard discussions. Like, we also have to keep in mind that Bean has now proven this ability to flip guys that he just has to cut because there's number problems into that draft capital. And I think that as much as we always talk about like you want to continue to have all these darts to throw at the board, like Brandon Bean has been very um savvy to. Uh, be able to to get those late round picks that's given him the ammo to move, you know, from the fourth round back into the third round, those types of things to get meaningful players that can really, solidify the depth of this roster so that's one thing to keep in mind as we see brandon being undoubtedly part with some picks this year and maybe you look at the 2021 draft and say oh damn the bills only have five or six picks remember what he was able to do this year to flip players he was going to cut for draft picks i I feel like i didn't even ask you a question there but i I, that kind (laughs) of came to me (laughs) kind of kind of came to me as i was i was thinking about that and and i think we we could see that again this this summer yeah
1: absolutely and it's already very real in we have extra picks for Marshall Newhouse and for Zay Jones and other pieces. So whether those turn into the ammo, you know, we only used a fifth rounder to move up for Cody Ford. Um, So some of them don't have to be premium picks to let you move around a little bit, but also when those late round picks could be Saran Neal or Jaquan Johnson or Daryl Johnson, I'm okay with him taking some of those swings too.
0: Well, and, and you know, you kind of think about also how many times just following the league in general, you see a meaningful veteran that's traded for like a fifth or a sixth round pick, right? I mean, like yeah. the the Anquan Bolden deal, like how the hell did that happen? You got to give like a sixth round pick for this guy. And I, I think that the Bills could be in position to do those types of deals uh, maybe in the future. So t- just the flexibility that Brandon Bean continues to create, whether that's responsible management of the cap, or uh, hitting on draft picks, obviously, but also giving himself the opportunity to move up in the draft without being concerned with future years because he's been so creative in getting capital. And um, yeah, man, it feels good to have a good GM for the first time in forever, huh?
1: It's a great, great, reassuring feeling.
0: Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between the football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and in on the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, Parlay's are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED ON to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get. It. All right, Greg, let's get into some of these players that you watched uh, live on the field. In Alabama, I want to get into wide receivers, man. I I talked a lot about them uh, on the Friday show leading into Senior Bowl week. Now you've had a chance to evaluate the practices. We know that it's a point of emphasis for the Bills. I'm going to start off with a very specific question. You probably watched, I don't know, 10, 12 receivers this week. Who's the guy? Who's the one guy that you're saying right now, I hope the Bills find a way to get that dude who was in in Mobile this week?
1: So it's funny you say that because I've struggled with – who is the number one guy and who impressed me the most based on where my expectation was coming in. So I I think I've blended them a little bit in my mind. And although some of the guys here, like a Michael Pittman Jr. And Brandon Ayuk, who unfortunately wasn't able to participate are probably a touch higher. Still the guy that I walked away with, the biggest positive impression was Florida's Van Jefferson. And I just, I was not prepared to say that coming in here, but every single time he was out there, he was impressing. His nuanced route running was so on point the entire time and just always with good footwork and just turning these guys around and catching the ball every single time it was there. Another guy who was right in that same realm of making a huge impression relative to what I expected was Denzel Mims of Baylor. So those were the two that really shot up on my radar the most and at least gave me more homework to come back and do more, more film study on because I wasn't as prepared as I thought I would be to, uh, to really be impressed by them.
0: Uh, Yeah, Van Jefferson, a player that I was uh, thinking would do well, man. He's the son of uh, NFL wide receiver coach, Sean Jefferson. And that shows up in his game. You see such a polished football player and um, a guy that, you know, he was kind of buried on the depth chart at Ole Miss with all those great receivers they had. And, you know, Florida, I think from a quarterback perspective between Felipe Franks and Kyle Trask, you know, not necessarily the best cast of characters, a guy that I think might be a better pro than college player. I spent a lot of time on the Friday show um, before Senior Bowl week talking about being big as a wide receiver isn't good enough. There's a lot more that goes into that. And in Mobile, there was a lot of big wide receivers. Was there any of these big receivers that you watched that you said, you know what, yeah, the only good thing about them is that they're big. They can't get off the line. They don't run good routes. They don't catch the football well. They're not as physical as they should be for their size. Who's the guy that you're like, man, the only thing good about you is your size, and I worry about the application of that on the field?
1: So it it pains me a little bit because I really was a huge fan of Chase Claypool from Notre Dame and I'll say there was there was a lot of inconsistency. He flashed really well a couple times, but a lot of double catching, a lot of bobbled balls, a lot losing his feet and slipping a lot and just someone that I was really excited about and, you know, maybe wasn't quite was what I was expecting. And honestly, most of the big guys really played well. I, I was impressed by Colin Johnson. I was impressed by um, Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. was a guy I had very little uh, frame of reference with. And he flashed really, really well. Um, tons of awesome body control in what he was able to do. So um, even Juwan Jennings out of Tennessee, I thought looked good that the receivers were really the stars of the show in my mind. And I know it's set up for that mm-hmm. with the one-on-one drills and the space they have. Um, but it, it definitely was an impressive depth of talent.
0: So when you, when you think about what, what I love about being in, in mobile to watch these players is they're all on the same football field, doing the same things. And you get such a great feel for, um, stacking up their, their physical gifts, like, you know, which guys really move the best. So when, when you reflect back on the week and you think, all right, this is the, the guy that has the the most impressive physical tools in terms of size and, and body composition, but also that explosiveness and that suddenness that you just want to have in a receiver. Is there one guy that really stands up that, that, that really is the top of the class? This is the best blend of physical traits and, and the application of those on the football field.
1: So, I'm going to give two honorable mentions first because they don't have the physical frame, but both James Prochet from SMU and K.J. Hill from Ohio State, man, did their footwork stand out, how quick they got in and out of their cuts. K.J. Hill is going to play in the NFL for 10 years. I don't know if he's going to be a star anywhere, but he is going to get open in the NFL for a long time. Um, I'm The blend of everything together I think the biggest winner was probably Denzel Mims, and I've seen that from a couple other people as well, and I just, the combination, he just physically would control his body, get open, um, ward off the defender really well, keep body control, every single time was a clean catch, Um, Just coming down with it, you know, under control all the time, just really, really impressed with him that I think he's a little more physically gifted than Jefferson, um, but right on par with just the nuance and ability. And I know it's so hard watching those Baylor games where you don't know how much is, (laughs) you know, reality and how much is just the circus of wide open uh, routes. He's a guy that I think is going to translate.
0: Uh, you haven't mentioned Michael Pittman Jr.'s name, the guy out of USC. I know everyone was really excited about his game against Utah where he just dominated the game. Um, what's what's going on with him, man? I, he, whenever people send me screenshots of their their mock draft simulations from the draftnetwork.com, they're always tossing Michael Pittman in there in the third or fourth round. How'd he do?
1: Uh, he did well. He did well. Came off really well in the interviews definitely seems like a process guy talked about his love of special teams and blocking four punts early in his career. Um, and then unfortunately had a little bit of strain in his foot. So okay. I got to see him day one uh, look good was consistently right in there um, under control, doing a good job. Maybe not quite as quick or sudden as a couple of the other guys, but a good blend of size with so, some athleticism Then the second day, I focused a lot on the trenches, uh, D-line versus O-line, and went back to receivers today, and he was a bystander today. So I didn't get to see him again on day three, uh, but definitely right up there for me. I think I had him maybe third or fourth behind Jefferson and Mims, uh, right there with Gandy Golden for the guys who impressed me the most.
0: You mentioned uh, the trenches, and I want to shift gears there, but before we do, anything else you want to clean up here with wide receivers that we didn't get to in anything I've asked you? Um, I
1: I know I commented on the double dip and, you know, with all the underclassmen and probably five or six underclassmen first round wide receivers, I won't be sad if we get one of those, but I want to reassure fans. If the bills walk away with two receivers in the third and the fourth round, and for some reason take a defensive end and a tackle in the first and second round, Mm -hmm. you can still be excited. There's going to be some ridiculous depth in this draft at wide receiver. And if we end up taking a guy in the second round, in the fifth round, I'm not so sure that the fifth rounder won't end up being the better guy. There's just so much depth at this position this year. I hope we do take two because I just want two, two chances at this, dra- this draft class.
0: You know, you make a good point there. Like, just think about this past year the two of the most exciting young offensive playmakers on this team are Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox third and fourth round picks right so like don't you don't have to fall in love with all your prayers being answered with your first or second round pick Brandon Bean has shown the ability to hit on you know mid round picks left and right and like i said two of the most exciting young playmakers on this team offensively or a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick from last year. They're building blocks of the offense moving forward. I love that perspective, Greg. And as a draft guy, you know I love you know all parts of the draft, just not the first round. I like the the, the fourth and seventh round uh, just as much. All right, let's shift gears. Uh, Pass rusher. You guys, you guys all know that we we believe that this is a position of need. Something that the Bills need to add some youth and some talent, uh, particularly on the defensive end, on the edges. Talk to me about uh that that same kind of question we leaded off with the wide receiver discussion. Who's that one defensive end that you came away with saying, man, I hope Brandon Bean finds a way to get that guy?
1: Um so for me that week was Bradley and I. Um guy from Utah just really thickly built is going to be productive for, you know, being a guy who's, you know, 6'4" 265, he gets off the ball really well and just the best combination of pass rush moves of anybody there he got through winning four straight reps with four different moves in a different one each time and it was just he was a constant problem for every offensive lineman they had there so he was my easy winner on the defensive line i had a couple other guys that i also like daryl taylor looked good from tennessee um a guy that i had no reference for going in jason strobridge from Mm -hmm. north carolina is a first off the bus guy like he looks every bit of the role and backed it up pretty well he they played him a lot at three tech which was interesting he he looks like a defensive end um but was a guy that flashed a lot and i thought was was interesting a guy that i don't know if he's a great fit for buffalo because he's really small But Josh Uche out of uh, Michigan also looked really good and is very explosive off the line. So I thought that there was some really good uh, positive uh, transition there. Both Florida guys, uh, John Greenard and Zuniga, both looked really good and were able to show maybe a little more stout anchor than what they showed at Florida. And there was especially a couple of those from Zuniga where he was able to really hold his base and, and keep his position. Uh, and not just frantically try to fight around the edge.
0: How about the Syracuse kid, Alton Robinson? Um, really interesting story on how he got to Syracuse, and I know there's probably a lot of listeners to this podcast that are interested in him after you know, his production, particularly in 2018. Uh, how do you look? I know that I, I kind of have my concerns about him, but uh, he has some flashy moments.
1: Yeah. yeah, I wish I had better news for the local fans that were excited. Um, <laughs> he, he was He was disappointing you could tell that he was trying to get by on athleticism and now going up against an all-star group of offensive linemen who could all really move and bend. It just wasn't working. And he wasn't terrible. He wasn't getting washed out by everybody and just blown up. But he wasn't disrupting anything. So he won a couple of reps and looked okay, but was pretty far down the list.
0: Um, How about Kenny Willickis, the Michigan State defensive end? Everybody knows that I love Chase Winovich last year, and there's people that kind of draw some parallels between Winovich and Willikis. And I, I'm not one of those guys, but uh, I would feel like maybe the Senior Bowl would be a good opportunity for him to showcase that hustle. You feeling like, based on what you saw this week, that this is a guy that's a mid-round pick or a day-two pick that can fill a role as a meaningful rotational end?
1: Um. You could see the energy. You could see the the constant motor. Um, he would keep moving, really, really involved. He has trouble with guys with length, and you know, with the offensive tackles here. You know, you were talking about multiple six-seven, one-six-nine guy, and when they got their arms out, he had trouble getting around. So he was he was probably a little better than Robinson, but he was nowhere close to the maturity and the moves that we saw from Anai um, or anything like Strowbridge with the explosion that they had, Daryl Taylor as well. Um, so he wasn't bad, but he was further down that list, maybe fourth.
0: Okay. Um, you said you mentioned some offensive line as well. So if you wanted to kind of give us some names maybe that popped for you that you think have a chance to maybe be the Bills' starting left guard in time or a guy that can provide depth at tackle, anything from the offensive line that you want to get out here.
1: Yeah, um, so obviously anybody who watched the national championship game, you realize that both Clemson and LSU have some good offensive lines. Uh, And I I saw all of that. So I thought that um, all of the linemen that were there from the big schools showed out pretty darn well. John Simpson, the guard from Clemson, was a monster. Just throwing people around, constantly winning reps against guys like Kinlaw that were, you know, studs. And, you know, really holding their own. I thought that Keith Ishmael, the center from San Diego State, showed really well. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but he plays really nasty. And then both LSU guys were excellent. Um, I like Damian Miller a lot, or Damian Lewis a lot. And then Cushenberry also did a great job. Damian Lewis won three straight reps against uh, Kinlaw, who was destroying everyone and really impressed with how well he can anchor against super powerful guys. So just three interior guys that are probably early day three guys, you know, probably not premium picks, but guys that I'd be really happy if they brought in to pair with the age and contract status of guys like Spencer Long and John Feliciano that I could see carving out a starting role in year two or year three. At the tackle group, the one that was the most interesting for me was Ben Barch from D three St. John's. Um, he had no trouble with the transition and talent pool and just played with a really nasty streak. And you could tell he was trying to prove himself on every rep. Um, but I thought he showed out really well. He's a really big, powerful guy. So having somebody that that big I thought really came out um, you know, and can sometimes get show you know some of the wards when you're used to playing at a d3 level and he came out and i thought it showed every bit of the size that he had six six three ten and was holding his own against the best defense um all
0: right so i think we talked about a lot of players here greg i want to close things out here by just asking you about your experience in mobile man it's it's probably my favorite week of the year getting down there. And I hate, I mean, I don't hate brother. Are you kidding me? That was the last <laughs> thing I, <laughs> it was the last thing on my mind. Let me just tell you with my, uh, my baby girl uh, being, being born and being home this week. But uh, of course, I, I do wish I was there and uh, could have, could have shared the experience with you this year. Uh, what was kind of some of the highlights of just being there and, and it's such a unique week with the entire NFL world there. Uh, get us some of those highlights of your experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's football nerd Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's just unbelievable that I literally sat there and watched day one next to Drew Rosenhaus. Then I spent most of my time today, you know, (laughs) you have Dave Gettleman on one side of me. I talked to the bills, new D line coach, Eric Washington, uh, talked about the kickers with Heath Farwell, had a nice conversation with Leslie Frazier Frank Reich's walking past me, McDermott's going the other way, talking to all the guys they go back and forth with on Twitter, on, you know, draft Twitter's world, and now you get to meet them all in person and interact and have a good time, you know, trade stories, talk about who flashed for who, and it's just such a fun time to be able to just dive into football and enjoy every minute of it. Um, You definitely came up. Uh, one night at Vids, so we did send you a couple pictures to see uh, <laughs> h- how you were holding up, and you were sorely missed. Uh, but I get why it was such a good time, and you know, obviously, nothing compares to welcoming your baby girl into the world. Uh, but in years to come, I look forward to enjoying it alongside you.
0: Yeah, uh, and I just happened to be awake at 2:30 in the morning there, Greg, when you start sending <laughs> me pictures. Of, uh, of, a, of a place that I like to frequent when I'm down there, Mobile. Well, I'm glad we got to do the joint practices this year together, man, and spend some time together and watch football and, um, you know, do that. But uh, certainly looking forward to next year getting out there and getting your butt back down there and and, uh, and enjoying this experience together because it's fun because, like, you know, we we have that Bill's eye towards things. You know, I I, I obviously I have a big responsibility with the entire draft and being in tune with all of the teams. Um, but, man, I, the secret's out, man. I'm always thinking about the Bill's. And so it's nice to kind of have some more people that have that mindset. I know you and all the Cover One guys have that. So it's it's nice to uh, to have you on here to kind of kind of fill a void that I I really would pride myself in normally being able to deliver for the listeners of Lockdown Bill. So dude, thanks for coming on and 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 sharing this information and powering through with your voice. Um, one 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 that one last question: Did did you get a chance to get some barbecue? Saucy Cues, Dreamland, any barbecue takes from Mobile that uh, you want to get out here?
1: I, I was able to have Saucy Q's and Moe's. I thought Moe's was the best. Oh. But the best meal I had was at Winslow's Oyster House. Had just a ridiculous spread of seafood and bacon-wrapped scallops and grilled shrimp and just a phenomenal meal there. So the barbecue was stellar. I was really pleased. I thought Moe's was a little better than Saucy Q. But my best meal was Winslow's Oyster House just an
0: awesome experience that everybody wants me to go to wenzel's with them when i'm there and i don't like seafood like it's, it's okay i like crab legs or shrimp but i mean i'm not eating oysters and scallops and all that stuff so i always i'm always getting the barbecue while all that my <laughs> other buddies are, are out at wenzel's but i i and people do rave about it um man that's a bad take though by the way on moe's man moe's is like a chain i have moe's in like north carolina you oh. tell me that's better than saucy q's
1: Uh, so now maybe it was a choice. Maybe I needed to make a different choice on the menu. Uh, I had, the ribs were good. I thought the sides were okay. Uh, So it might've skewed me a little bit.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Well, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll pound out some barbecue at some point here in the coming months. Appreciate you giving me some time here, man. And, uh, you know, kind of a last second audible here and hopefully this uh, helped you pass some time on your drive back to Atlanta and certainly, uh, um, you know, safe travels the rest of the way, man. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Appreciate it. You got me over the state line. I'm officially out of Alabama and back back into Georgia. So uh, I, I'm making headway.
0: You've been listening to Greg Thompson, host of the Cover One Buffalo podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at Greg Thompson. And he brought the wisdom that we needed from the senior bowl and uh, obviously that Bills focus. So thanks so much, Greg. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. I do kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Enjoy your weekend. And I'll be back again for you tomorrow.